0: How's it going everybody and welcome to episode number 99 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now we're one week away from episode 100. Uh, I've been talking a little bit about it and I'm really excited about it. I have a couple of the I suppose the listener interviews done now and yeah just looking forward to next week. Um, As you're down through the episodes you know you're starting out and all the rest but you think you'll never get to 100 and now it's only a week away and it's uh, as I say it's a It's exciting and a bit of a milestone like 100 episodes there's a good bit of work in it and you know when you're most of the episodes are 40 minutes or thereabouts so you know you're talking about a lot of hours of of content now that's uh, that's out there and that's uh, helping people in their own garden so it's really great looking forward to the as I said a couple of interviews are done there's some really good stuff in it and giving me some good ideas going forward but uh, yeah looking looking forward to that this week's episode is a simple episode, a solo episode, and it's, I suppose, talking about the subject of starting your own fruit garden. And a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned, you know, in the relation to the one about hedges, the episode about hedges, that um, November, December, great months to get started with your hedging because it's bare root season and obviously bare root is a great time to plant hedges. But it's also a great time to do, create your, your fruit garden, uh, whether that be You know an orchard that you're creating or whether it's just getting in some trees and some fruit bushes because pretty much all the the major fruit will be available at this time of the year the the bare root window is essentially from depending on whether the middle of November the end of November through to the end of March but the earlier within that window that you you go looking for your plants I suppose the better selection will be available to you as you get later in the season some varieties sell out and so on. So the earlier you can do that, the more chance you have of getting the actual varieties that, you, that you're that you looking for. Um, before you get started, there's a few considerations. Obviously, you need to think about what it is that you're looking to grow. You know, what fruit you're looking to, to grow. And then choose, I suppose, plants and fruit trees particularly that are suited to your area. So you know, if you're growing at most of the soft fruits, the raspberries, the gooseberries, black currants, white whitecurrants, they're all relatively small bushes. And so generally speaking, you'll be able to grow them in most gardens without, you know, without any issues. But when you're talking about trees, they can be quite substantial. And it really is important to start with the correct tree so that you're not, I suppose, fighting against it for the rest of its days. So particularly when it comes to apple trees, you know, you're looking at the way it's done basically is you have a rootstock, and the rootstock is essentially the the fibrous roots, and then up maybe five or six inches from the base of that, the, the the tree or the variety that you're looking for will be grafted onto it, and and that graft basically you know you can have any variety up on top, but the graft or the rootstock part of that is what determines is what's going to determine the size of the tree going forward. So there's essentially three different types of rootstock. The one you're looking for for the most part for most gardens will be m nine so m nine the maximum size that grows to is six to nine foot, and so that that'll always be a relatively you know easy tree to work with. You're not going to be needing to prune it heavy every year to kind of keep it into shape because even at at its maximum six to nine foot it's going to be very very manageable the as I said, a the pruning then is really only just light pruning to, to try and get it to spread in a, in, a, in a certain direction or whatever. But you're not, I suppose, pushing back against it all the time to try and keep it to the size that suits your garden. Whereas the other rootstocks that are out there, the M26 or the MM106, they're basically quite a bit bigger. So M26, for example, would be 10 to 12 foot again. So it's an okay size if you're in a relatively big garden, but that wouldn't really work in a town garden. You know, something that's going up twelve foot, it's going to be blocking out light. Um, it's going to block out light from your house, also from probably from some other beds that you have there. And then the MM one oh six is fourteen to eighteen foot. Again, that needs a lot of space. That's a big tree. So, but the thing about it is, even if you were creating an orchard and you had loads of space, the M nine at six to nine foot maximum size at any point in time is a really easy tree to work with. So that would be my recommendation. You're going to stick stick to M9. Now you don't always when you're purchasing trees, you don't always see that. You know, don't, don't always see that it's it's M9 or whatever. It doesn't give you the, the specification. So if it's not on it, ask the question, you know, what size tree is this? What rootstock is it? The variety might be there. So it might tell you that it's you know John of Gold or Gala or whatever it is. But just check and ask the question, what rootstock is it on? Because that will determine eventually what size that tree becomes in your garden. Even if you're in a small, really small garden, there is ways of growing growing fruit trees. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But starting off, you want to choose varieties that are suitable for your garden. Um, The other thing before we, we get into the different types Um, And I'm not going to get into varieties because there's so many and really it depends on your own situation. But the other consideration is that try and have a garden that has lots of pollinator friendly plants in it because you're going to need those pollinators for the most part to uh, pollinate your, your fruit trees or your fruit bushes. And the more pollinators you have in that area, the better. So that's an important factor as well. And I suppose then you're looking at the the area you have in terms of hardiness, you know, you exposed to cold winds, are you in frost pockets or something like that? Because again, the variety, for example, if it was an apple tree, there are certain varieties of apples that their flower comes out quite early. So if you had, you know, a variety flowering in say March, and you typically get you know frost, heavy frost through through April, then the flowers can come out, get burnt off, and then you don't get any fruit. So you're looking for varieties that are either going to flower a little bit later or are quite hardy and suitable for your area and I think they're the main considerations is the size look at the size of of tree that you're going with Uh, try and have pollinator friendly plants in your garden because that will help you obviously it's food for the pollinators but they're going to help you as well by pollinating your fruit trees and making sure that you actually the flowers develop into fruit and then I suppose it starts getting down to what types of, of, of trees and what varieties. And I suppose the most common is apple. I spoke about them already in terms of the rootstocks. Try, if possible, go for an M9. There are so many different varieties there and, you know, there's, there's loads of them. But generally speaking, the only other consideration you have is to know whether they're self-fertile or whether they need a pollination partner. And self-fertile basically means that if you buy one tree and it's a self-fertile tree, you can plant that tree in your garden. And even if there's no other variety around, that can develop fruit in your garden. Whereas if it's one that needs or requires a pollination partner, you'll have to get one, you know, a certain variety. And then you'll have to get another one that that matches with it, a different variety that matches with it. So they can cross pollinate and the fruit will develop. So. Particularly with with apples uh, and with some others as well, what you're looking for is. A size tree that's going to be relatively small. And again, my recommendation is M9 pretty much all the time. Uh, look for one that's going to suit your area in terms of hardiness or if you're in a, a very mild area, you know, you can probably grow most varieties and then you're looking for whether it's self-fertile or whether it needs a pollination partner. If it needs a pollination partner, you'll have to have two trees. So again, that might be a consideration if you're in a small garden. Maybe you don't have space for two trees, so you're better off to choose a self-fertile variety in that case. Then in terms of apples, I, I like there is so many varieties, so I'm not going to I'm not going to get into the individual varieties. I talk a little bit about that in episode 37 and 38 with Thomas English. We get into some very good varieties there, so that's a good one to, to check out if you're looking for individual varieties of it. Um, but the important considerations at the start, make sure you're choosing the correct size tree for your garden and again the the recommendation pretty much for any garden is is M9 because they're just much more easy to manage and you're not fighting against them. Then you're looking for self-fertile or if not, you need one with a pollination partner and uh, yeah, one that suits your area in terms of hardiness. Then sticking with, I suppose, tree fruit, the next one is plums. Now, I've grown plums here and it's the variety Victoria for a long time. The tree actually got... I think it got hit with with lightning a couple of years ago so it's a bit shabby now so I'm going to have to renew it but Victoria is a super variety um really really nice tasting heavy cropper really heavy cropper like that's something you'll have to watch if you go with Victoria is that in certain years the the crops were actually so heavy that they can break the branches so just keep an eye out for that that if you get it you can do one of two things. You can support the branch and just make sure that the fruit doesn't weigh it down so much that it would actually break it. That's particularly in the younger years before the before the plant, before the tree gets really strong and, and woody. Um, but you can either support it or you can take off some of them. Now, you're better off to support it because if it's possible at all, because it will ripen all those fruits. So it's, it's, it's worthwhile doing that. Victoria, as I say, a very good variety. Um, mostly with the plums. The main varieties, Victoria, for example, is self-fertile. So you're not going to need two different varieties for to pollinate. You know, it'll develop its fruit all from a single plant. Other good varieties then is opal. Um, That's a really good variety as well. And then if you're looking for something a little bit hardier, Zare is a good variety. And all of those are self-fertile. So that's, you know, that's a good thing to do. Uh, Damsons then, they're seen a little bit as being a bit more, you know, rustic and more for... uh, a bit bit hardier and a bit more for jam making rather than for eating but i actually think the fruit of a damson is is delicious as well to be fair Um, maybe not all out as nice as a plum but i don't think it's it's a million miles off it so if you're in a in a particularly hardy area that gets frost and maybe a bit of wind damsons are yeah a good option instead of a plum i think that they're you know they're they're quite hardy trees Uh, they will grow quite big though that's the only thing so you'll have to just watch that Either you can prune them, obviously, but again, a bit like what I was saying with apple trees, you'd be fighting against it a little bit. So if you have the space to let it go, then, you know, it'll, it'll perform well. It does well, actually, kind of, in, you know, wilder areas. If you plant it into a into a ditch or a wilder area and it's let do its thing, it can work quite well there as well. Uh, pears is something I haven't grown before here. I know years ago there used to be pears in my grandparents garden really nice ones um but no i haven't grown them here they tend to not like things a little bit easier than what the weather will be here they, so they don't like too much hardship they're they prefer a the little bit warmer and uh, not fond of, of of cold wind and so on so i've so far avoided it but there is some very good varieties and some relatively hardy ones probably the best one for ireland is is conference and it's self-fertile so you don't need you know, a, a second variety it'll it'll do it'll do very well on its own. Just watch that it is in a relatively warm area, and then obviously there's other types of tree fruit that are getting popular. I haven't grown any of these previously. You've things like uh, cherries and quince, and uh, there's gauges. You know any of those, and you're seeing now a lot of particularly in sort of permaculture, you're seeing where some of these trees because they're quite nice ornamentally as well especially when they're in flower and obviously then when they're coming into fruiting they can look quite nice and if you're not going for something that's too big they can be added in through existing beds and borders and so those borders start to become more multifunctional so to speak so you have you know a nice gauge or a nice apple tree uh, within a a flower bed and it can look nice and it's sort of starting to go down that, that route of you know permaculture where the different beds have more than one function. So they're serving obviously ornamentally, but they're also serving in terms of food production as well for the garden and for the house. Um, so that's the trees. You get pretty much all of those bare root at this time of the year. And as I say, because the window for bare root is sort of end of November to March, the earlier you get out, the better choice you have on, on varieties that are available. So get them out, get them now. Get them planted now and you'll have, you know, a good establishment on some of them. You'll get fruit, a little bit of fruit next year. Um, Some of them might take another couple of years to establish, but the earlier in the season you get them, you're you're opening yourself up to a lot more varieties. Just make sure when you're choosing them that you're able to get the information off wherever you're buying them as to whether they're, you know, M9s or M26s or whatever. And you're looking for, in most cases, M9, I think, because it's easier to manage. Check that it's self-fertile or not. And check that it would be suitable for your area. So you're not looking for a variety. that's If you're in a hardy area, you're not looking for a variety that's flowering really early. And that's important because it can be very frustrating. You plant six trees, but if they all happen to be six early ones and you're in an area that gets late wind and you never get fruit or you randomly get fruit every four or five years, like that's not what you want. What you're looking for here is something that's going to be super productive pretty much every year, with the very odd exception if something strange happens. But you're looking for, you know, as I say, pretty much fruit every year from these. So you want to get that choice right at the start, making sure that you're taking those considerations into, into, into play. The other fruits then is more onto the softer fruits that you're going to find at this time of the year are strawberries. You get them in, in crowns at this time of the year. Very, very good. When you're looking for, for crowns, you're looking for a very, very good Big, strong crown, not looking for a little small one, like you will see little small ones, which are you know pretty much like a runner. You're looking for a big, strong crown, and when you plant that like you'll definitely have fruit from that quite early next year um so get them get them at this time of the year. if you're looking for you know a couple of different types of varieties it's it's best to choose. And it goes, it's the same for a lot of these and strawberries, raspberries in particular. What you're looking for is keeping yourself in fruit for a longer period of time. So you're looking for an early fruiting variety, a mid-season fruiting variety and a late variety. And again, ask the question, you know, choose three varieties or whatever it is, three or four varieties that are going to extend that season for you. So you'll get your early fruiters, you know, starting to give you some fruit in probably May and June. And then June and July for your mid and July, August then for your late. So you're going to have fruit over a longer period of time. If you buy all, you know, as a lot of people do, buy all the same variety, you'll have quite a lot of, of, I was going to say tomatoes. You'll have quite a lot of strawberries um, in a little window, but you won't get them producing over a long period of time. So choose several different types of varieties. The same goes for raspberries then. So raspberry canes, you're going to be buying at this time of the year. And a raspberry cane will come and it'll look literally like um, a short bamboo cane, for example, with roots on the bottom of it. And there's essentially two types. There's the the early and mid-season fruiters, which are going to come as canes and need to be tied and need to be supported. So they'll fruit on second year growth. So you plant them in. They'll put on a flush and you'll grow it, but the the fruit will actually occur on the previous season's growth. And there's a bit of pruning every year on those. And again, if you check back to episode 37 and 38, you'll hear all about how to prune those. The autumn varieties then are different. So the autumn varieties, Autumn Bliss and Gold, they're basically um, bush varieties. So what they'll do is you you literally plant them in and you don't have to support them. And what they'll do is they'll just continue to sucker. And basically new, new plants will sprout up and all you do once a year, well, you want to keep them in check as well and let them, let them grow wild. My ones are probably going a bit wild at the moment to be fair, but all you do is once a year, you just come in and you just cut all the, all the growth off and they will basically sprout up the following spring and you get your berries on that season's growth and they're flower, they're fruiting quite late in the season. So they're going to be, they're going to be fruiting sort of October, November. So I, picked the last of them about 10 days ago and actually there was some left on it but what happened was uh, there was a night's frost and they just kind of went to mush after the night's frost but I don't mind leaving a few anyway for the birds and so on but really heavy copper absolutely no work with them but they do spread out a bit so you want to just keep them in check so raspberries then again your, your early season canes early and mid-season are going to be canes they're going to need to be supported on a wire and then your late ones are going to They're bush farming, so they're gonna just fruit on their own and you're not gonna have to support them or anything like that. And just cut them back once a year down to the ground and they'll sprout up again. Then you have loads of other options, you know, black currants, uh, white currants, red currants. And again, I suppose if you're looking at you know, the likes of blackberries and that, you're again you're probably looking at if you're gonna get three or four bushes, you might as well try. I suppose it depends on what you're using it for. If you're using it for Jam production, for example, all the one variety might be fine and you just harvest them all in one go and then go make your jam. But if you're using them for for fresh, then you're possibly better to, um, I suppose, harvest as you want it. So you'll get again, you'll get an early, a mid and a late season variety. And uh, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good strategy is to is to be choosing different seasons. And um, then after that, there's, you know, gooseberries again, same thing. You're going to buy them in Bush Farm and there's several varieties. You know, there's Invicta is the most popular one, I guess. But there's other ones you can get, red ones and you can get really yellow ones. You can get some that are sweeter, some are more suitable for eating fresh. Others are more suitable for making making jam. But again, you're just buying it in bare root form at this time of the year. And very, very good value for money. Now, for the average household, one or two gooseberry bushes is probably enough. I don't have any gooseberries themselves. Don't like them particularly. Um, but, you know, a singular, maybe two two bushes, three bushes is probably en- enough for most people. Lots of new berries sort of coming on stream as well. You get most of them bare-rooted this time of the year. You'll get things, you know, the all the different types of um, goji berries. And you're talking about, you know, these newer ones and there's crossover ones so there's tay berries and loganberries and all those and you know they're all have their place um I, again i don't grow any of them here as such but yeah they're they're useful and uh interesting i guess to grow so there's there's lots of options there the other thing that kind of falls under falls under uh fruit a little bit, it it's, um, falls under vegetables in some ways as well. Like people would class it at times as a vegetable, as rhubarb. And it's a it's a really good thing to have. And like, it's so simple. The only thing with it is you, at this time of the year, you're buying a big crown. So it's like splitting a, a hosta, for example. You just get a big lump of roots. You plant them in the ground and you mulch it down with with um, organic matter but you cannot touch them for the first two years, really. You need to let it produce let it die back down and 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 take in all the energy into the into the into the stool and do the same nearly in the second year. You might get to pull a little bit in the second year, but mostly for two years you won't harvest off that and then after that it should produce good quality uh rhubarb for several years, maybe up to seven eight nine years. You can also split it. So if the if the crowns start to get too big, you can split them and, and you can multiply them a bit. You can also do that with strawberries, as you know. So strawberry runners will come out of your, your the strawberry crowns that you've planted now. They will come out next sort of May time, June time. And the runner comes directly off the plant. And where you see the new leaves forming, you can either pin those to the ground and dig them up in the dormant season to plant somewhere else, or you can put a pot directly under it. Let it root into the pot, and when it has finished rooting in and the roots are solid and it's not depending on the mother plant anymore, you can just cut it off, and there you have it, a new plant. And that's a really good way to keep your crops renewed. So strawberries, you're going to get, I don't know, three or four good years, maybe five decent enough years out of your strawberries, and then they kind of get spent out. But by catching the, the runners off them, you're sort of reproducing and you're not needing to go get more again. You're you're doing you're getting them all from the original purchase as such. Uh I said earlier on that if you're in a really small garden that it's still possible to grow some fruit, and it is. And you can get things now called family trees. And a family tree is essentially it's grown to be miniature, uh suitable for growing in pots, and can be grown in the ground as well, but suitable to grow in pots and will have two or three different varieties all on the same plant, you know, which is really interesting because you're getting, you know, two or three different varieties of apple, for example, or, you know, plums, you're getting two or three different types. And it's an interesting thing to see, you know, on one side, maybe a red apple and on the other side, seeing a white apple, uh, it's or a yellow apple. It's it's interesting. And it is a good way Of having a variety grown in a pot and having fruit in a small garden. Obviously, then some of the other ones are quite small. Again, I would utilise you know mixing through flower beds, so you don't have to specifically have an area for this. You can pop in an odd, you know, an odd, for example, gooseberry into a perennial border. You will hardly even see it there, but you know it's there, and you can you can harvest off that, and it doesn't change the look of the garden. And you don't need extra space for it. It can be just added in. And then, of course, you can do things like uh, your strawberries. You can do them in pots or hanging baskets or raised beds. And, you know, that's a good way of if you're struggling for space of having a little bit of fruit produced in your garden. So there's always a way to do it. Um, Key considerations, again, just make sure you're choosing the, the correct trees for your site so that you're not always fighting against it and Make sure that you're getting varieties that are self-fertile or if they're not self-fertile, that you're, you're choosing a good pollination partner to go with it. And then finally, choosing varieties that are suitable for your area. And that, that means that you're going to be guaranteed or almost guaranteed fruit pretty much every year. And that is the key. I see so many people planting apples, particularly apples, but other fruit as well, planting them and you know, buying the trees. And I suppose maybe not either doing the research or getting the advice at the start and then they're fighting against it all the time, either too much pruning or not the correct pollination partners and then they don't have fruit or they randomly get fruit. And you don't want that, as I say, you want it to be productive pretty much year in, year out is what you're looking for. So, as I say, a great time to with the bare root season coming up to start thinking about your your fruit garden. It's not limited to fruit at this time of the year. You can still get your bare root roses Trees, ornamental trees, shrubs, and hedging—all of that coming up in the bare root season—and that is pretty much kicking off now. I've seen the first bits of of bare root uh, stirring in the last couple of weeks, and I think that's yeah, it's a great time to to get planting and to do some of these jobs in the in the off season, as such. And um, so yeah, that's it. Really simple episode. If you want more in depth information on the varieties and so on, go to episode thirty seven and thirty eight. Just, as I say, in terms of variety information, way more in-depth variety information in those two episodes. But, yeah, good time to get started and start your fruit garden and be successful from year one by choosing the right the right varieties. And uh, So that's pretty much this week's episode. Really looking forward to next week's episode 100. It's, uh, yeah, going to be exciting. Looking forward to it. A bit of a celebration. And, uh, yeah, really great to have all you guys along. There will be a giveaway uh, next week. It'll be based around uh, signing up to sign up to receive information by email from myself. Uh, no spam. Just uh, good to get a bit of a community going on on email. And uh, yeah, once once you sign up there, you're in in with a chance to win it. I'll reveal all next week. So that's been this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and until the next time, happy gardening.